Welcome everyone back for another episode of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and as always with me is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, this is a podcast that's brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been followers of the Blaney Racing family for about two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been providing news, notes, and analysis on the Blaney Racing family since 2018. So go ahead and pull those belts tight. Hang on as we give the recap of Ryan Blaney's victorious run in the NASCAR All-Star Race this past weekend at Texas Motor Speedway. Steve, we're back. This is kind of a stripped-down version of the podcast. We're on the road in Charlotte and um, attending some of the, the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation events this week. And um, we promised if Ryan won, we were going to try and figure out a way to record a podcast. And here we are, sitting at a table with a cell phone and uh, praying that this records. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty cool. We did that video yesterday, um, the Facebook Live video on the on the account, and it's got over 500 views. So I think a couple of people are paying attention. Um, so hopefully we'll give them, do this justice. I mean, we didn't take notes like we normally would, um, but the All Star event was kind of a, a whole different breed. So um, it was very interesting to, to say the least. Uh, some of the things that happened. Yeah, and the event itself every year is, is kind of crazy. They try to make it different uh, with the rules, and obviously the rule, rules changes are going to come into play here uh, in a big way <laughs> later on as we kind of go through this race. Um, but they just try to shake things up. And I get it, Texas tries to make it a big show. There's cannonball people flying through the air and Blake Shelton concert and Blake Shelton throwing the green flag and Blake Shelton probably driving the pace car and Blake Shelton on TV. Um they didn't give him enough jobs, I don't and, think. But and Frankie Munez. Yeah, but the the racing product was a little sketchy as it's been. Um, but hey, we're going to give him a pass because of the results <laughs> that <laughs> happened a little bit later on. So as I said, this is a stripped down version. We both kind of watched the race on the road, so we'll just maybe kind of talk through what happened, and uh, well, we can start with qualifying. Which again, we talked about them kind of jitting things up here. The qualifying format kind of created a. A drag race on pit road after the teams completed a pit stop and went through multiple rounds in a bracket and um luckily ryan qualified his way into that in the first place because you had to qualify in the top eight yeah once once you made it to the top eight and however you were in that top eight you were seated and ryan was third fastest in the qualifying round so he was seated third um and then it was bracket play from there they went uh, they practiced it right at the end of practice they practiced launching they showed them where it was going to be and they launched that short distance to a pit stall and then did the pit stop and launched off a of pit road. So, and that ended up being the key to the whole thing. The pit stops actually were really close uh, uh, as it went, but uh, trying to get off a of pit road was the key. And, uh, you know, the first round uh, matchup was uh, Ross Chastain, one of the faster uh, crews on this whole season. Yeah, track house as a whole. Yeah, yeah as a whole, and uh, uh, beat them pretty easily. <laughs> Off a of pit road, and uh, then the uh, he made it to the second round. The second round was against the number one seed, the fastest car during qualifying, uh, William Byron. And uh, same thing there it was just you know just a little bit better, and got off pit road better. And the and the drag race all the way around the track to the start finish line was pretty much over once they got onto the track. You yeah, know? I, I kind of called it. It was like a ceremonial lap. Like it was already over, but they didn't. They needed to come back around anyway. Yeah. So it didn't. It didn't really matter. It just. I don't think anyone thing was going to happen unless somebody got too crazy and lost it going into one or out of four. Yeah. Uh, you were pretty much going to win as long as you got off pit road first. The first, the first two rounds, I think uh, Ryan did one from the inside and one from the outside, and um, 
the inside lane was actually the was the better lane to launch off of and the third round uh, lane choice went to the higher seed which was Kyle Busch and he took the inside and actually the pit stops themselves you break it down uh, the, the 12th team's pit stop was actually faster just barely but faster and but the, the launch that uh, Kyle got off a of pit road and then Ryan tried to go way low on the track just to see if he could do something different to make something happen to get a little closer to him but once again, like I said, the launch out of the pit box was just uh, the key. And once it, once Kyle got that launch and was out there, that was it. But starting second for the for the actual event for the for the uh, first stage of the event uh, was a pretty good spot to be. Yeah, because all night long you pretty much needed to be on the front row to get a chance an opportunity of having clean air. So that starting on the front row was big. Now I just want to go back to the pit stop deal in the first place. So. This immediately brought back memories of the pit stop challenge they used to do in an, an arena here in Charlotte uh, previously. And then also qualifying formats in the past where they would, guys would make laps and then come down hot down pit road, make a, make a qualifying pit stop, and then come back out again. Was there any format that you liked better? Because they're trying to highlight the pit crews here. So they used to do it on their own, their own pit stop kind of skills challenge. And then they also tried to bring it into qualifying in years past, too, to bring them into qualifying. Would you rather see the standalone event come back? Would you rather see just straight qualifying laps? Or did you like seeing them scream down pit road and try to get in their box safely? Yeah, I'd, rather, I'd like to see really truthfully the whole, whole deal from one end of pit road to the other with pit road speed. Yeah. You know, that way it's a little safer. But also, you know, the timing line, you know, once you hit pit road, get down to pit road speed, whatever it is. And then get to the box, and then whatever you do from the box out to the other end of pit road. That would be the ultimate, because it's the driver and the team, you know, the driver executing, you know, getting to the pit box properly, getting in there right, and then getting out of the box and not speeding down pit road, you know, or knowing where the timing lines are and what they can cheat or not cheat, you know, and doing all that. That that would be the ultimate, because that's what, what goes on in a race to begin with, you know. Nothing that's, like, extra or nothing that's different, you know. So Sunday comes around, Ryan qualifies, like you said, outside front row for this race. A lot of pomp and circumstance, as I said, going into this one, because it's supposed to be special. It's supposed to be the, the all-star race. Um, I know they make more money winning the Daytona 500, but a million dollars for a team, I don't think Ryan pockets that whole thing, um, <laughs> it's, still, it's still a big deal. Um, so we're, we're kind of excited, and we, you know, we haven't seen the 12 car go to victory lane yet this year. Um, and it seemed like they had some speed in qualifying. It seemed like they've cleaned up the issue, issues they've had on pit road. Uh, Jonathan Hassler has been calling, you know, some pretty great races strategy-wise. And some strategy comes into play a little bit here and there uh, throughout this one. So we kick off with the race. Yeah, now the, the what did uh, three segments, four segments total. Four. Three segments. The winner of each segment would start first, second, and third in the final stage. And then uh, the winner of the four-tire pit stop, fastest four-tire pit stop will be that fourth guy. And um, it's 20, was it 25, 25, 25, and then 50. 50. Yep. So three 25 lappers and a 50 lapper. And the first stage pretty much just kind of shakes out the way they're lined up. You know, you know Kyle takes the lead um, on the start, and uh, Ryan does a pretty good job getting close to him. But once again, this whole thing with, you know, dirty air, getting up behind somebody, he's actually a tenth, two-tenths faster a lot of times than the 18. But once you get to him, you know, unless you're faster in a whole other lane, uh, you know, it's it's tough to pass. Um, so Kyle does win the first stage. And, um, you know, some cars decide to pit, some cars don't. Um, you know, staying out is actually the, 
the best thing to do because you're going to be having to do a mandatory pit stop at the end of that second stage. So, um, you know. yeah, tire fall off didn't end up being huge. You did see a lot of guys throughout this race when they did make pit stops taking two. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure whether they ever gained an advantage here. I know in the late stages, Hamlin, I think, took four at the end and had some speed. Um, you talked about passing being difficult, you know, all weekend long. And after this race, drivers, it's the first thing they said when they got out of the car. It was impossible to pass. And I said to you, I was like, well, there's some people passing kind of mid-pack, at least right after the, the restarts. Um, and if a guy was specifically, like, had a penalty, was sent to the back and had to come back through, they had to have a really, really good car compared to anybody else around them. And a lot of it was kind of slide jobs, it seemed like, mm-hmm. um, which can be exciting and dangerous yeah. <laughs> at the same time. And that's pretty much the, the extent that they had to go to just to try to get past people. But if you were the leader and you got clean air, it was pretty much over. Yeah, I mean, they start the second stage, you know, um, the 18 on the inside, the 12 on the outside to start the second stage. And, and that's basically what happens. 18 gets out there again. And then, uh, you know, the, the one car actually gets, this is where you know, Chastain gets and does his little thing where he gets kind of funky out there and, I don't know how else to say he kind of causes he causes some issues and <laughs> shuffles basically shuffles Ryan back. Um, yeah, it just was like a sequence here where yeah they make a little bit of contact and it looks like Ryan tries to retaliate a little bit. Ryan throws kind of a big slider or gets well he gets loose, loose. really that kind of creates him mm-hmm. sliding up and around and um, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, intense moments there yeah. for for everybody all around. I think from Ryan himself and uh, fans that were concerned, you know, might be pulling out of this race early if he hits the wall. Yeah, lap 36, the five car turns uh, gets into the turn four wall, and he was second at the time, and he lost the uh, it says right front tire. And, uh, you know, just, you know, kind of crazy that, uh, you know, by himself, you know. Yeah, and the tire, I mean, we keep hearing this week to week. The, is this Goodyear's problem? Is it the team's problem? A lot of the teams have come out and just said, you know, some of it's just being aggressive on setups and camber settings. And a lot of it, um, they can't make a ton of changes on these next-gen cars. And a lot of it is just air pressure. And if you're running super low air pressure at the beginning of races, it's or at the beginning of a run, it can damage the tire early on. You don't even know until a little bit further on that, that the damage is done until you end up in the wall. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that brings out another caution. Yeah, so lap, uh, lap 44, the, <clears throat> the uh, 18... Leads the restart there with the one on the inside, and uh, the, the one's talking about possible tire going down. Um, yeah, but uh, things happened at uh, lap 48, right before the end of the stage. Uh, where the 18's leading, he's slowing down the front stretch. He has a flat right rear tire, and this is a pretty spectacular crash. Uh, the one car coming flying up over him, yeah. and literally over him, and he's really lucky that car didn't flip. Yeah, it's basically the one went low, Ryan went high, they split the 18, mm-hmm. well, they, well, that well. Did completely split the 18, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the one kind of launched up off of it, but um, the vicious hit here too was for Chase Elliott, who gets clipped at the end of this sequence, and um, just a total victim of circumstances there, and yeah. um, we've been talking all year long about just the hard hits sometimes these really rigid next-gen cars take, and um it was good. It was good to see everybody walk away walk from away. that one. And um, who knows? Kyle Busch had a, the best car very early on, and um, he gave a decent interview at least a, a, after that. But I can imagine how disappointed that they and uh, that whole team were. Yeah. Now, interesting on the radio, um, 
the discussion is now Kyle won the first stage, so he would technically be the pole for the for the final fifty laps. And now he's know, out. And he's out. So does the guy who finished second in that first stage become the guy on the pole, which would have been Ryan? But no, no actually, they just <laughs> bump everything back one. And it ends up being whoever wins stage two will be the first guy, and whoever wins stage three will be the second guy, and then that pit road winner will be the third guy instead. So, um, which ends up being really interesting how that shakes out in the next 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 couple laps too. Um, so that's kind of good to know too, because on the restart, Ryan kind of wants to know that because does he race hard with you know whoever's leading, and it is the two car, the two car yeah. is leading, and um, he does try to race him hard, but. Uh, doesn't get there, doesn't get to them. There's a little bumping here and there, but they're trying to race for the stage win so they get that pole for the for the uh, fourth uh, uh, segment there. Um, and this is uh, where we do get the uh, pit stops. Pit stops, yes. And uh, the 22 ends up being the fastest four tire stop off pit road there, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, and they timed it line to line, so mm-hmm. the 22 didn't come out like ahead of any anybody, or everybody in this case. And I think, what, did Ryan end up coming off second again yeah. from here? So mm-hmm. um, so that, maybe people thought that was kind of confusing. I did see some media folks tweet, you know, um, when I think whoever came off first, like, oh, they've won the pit stop challenge. It's like, wait a second, no, you, yeah. you, you didn't have to be the first off. Yeah. It was first by timing. First so, by timing, yeah. Um, yeah, so a Penske crew at least takes that home. Starting fourth... Uh, that I don't know. That really end up being that big of a deal in the end. So, um, we'll see. Well, and it ends <laughs> up being third. That's true. Yeah. Seems to be third. So, um, but the the for the third segment, the, the the two was leading the restart in the inside, and of course Rhymes on the outside there. So, um, within a lap or two, lap eighty four, there he takes the lead, and um, then we get uh, caution for the forty three spinning. Didn't need that. No. Wanted this one to go green the rest yeah, the of the way. Yeah, the just go green the rest of the way. No, I guess they were going to have a competition caution in a couple laps from then, though. So not either way, there was going to be a stoppage here. Yeah. Um, but at least it came out, I think they said, uh, it came out on its own instead yeah. of having to throw a, what SRX call it, a fun flag or something, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to stop the race. Yeah. So there's the final segment here. Um, we've got the, we've got the yeah, two... Yeah, two, 12, 12, and the 22. And the 22, which is really weird that all the Penske cars worked out, you know, leading the final segment. Um, but uh, the 11 car who did take uh, tires in the final pit stop there, he actually starts to make his way up through the field, um, ends up working his way all the way up to set, second while Ryan's leading there in this in this final segment. Um, and, and he got close, and he stalled. Yeah, kind of like stalled out there, which, you know, Ryan's lap time's got to be better than than theirs, which was one of the faster cars all night, so it wasn't disappointing. And then we get to, well, they call it lap 132, but there's extra laps in there because of the green-white checkered finishes and so forth. And we were cruising. Yeah, it was over. I don't know what the heck. Um, the 47 hits the hits the wall on the back stretch. Keeps going. And keeps going. He does Nothing shreds on his car or anything that caused debris. Um, there have been other points and times during the season or during any season, really, where this happens and they don't call a caution at all. You know, as long as he doesn't dodge down in front of anybody, and he doesn't. Uh, but they call this caution basically with 100 feet to the start-finish line. 200 feet to the start-finish line. It was, like, it was real close. Thought it was pretty much for, pretty much wrapped up at, at this point. And um, like you said about NASCAR with throwing cautions, how many times earlier this year where something happened 
on the front stretch and the car kept going, they held the flag. They didn't throw yeah. it out. I don't know if this is because it's on the back stretch and race director doesn't have that great of a view or something, but man, it just, we thought it was over. You think it was over? It was, yeah. Well, yeah, we were up jumping up and down and we thought we, you know, it was over and, uh, so did Ryan. And then, then, then the, mayhem, <laughs> and then the mayhem begins. Uh, there's a, just a couple things that start to happen, including the window net coming down. He's taking the window net down cause he's thinking he's going to go get the flag and um, Josh hurries up on the radio and says, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, and, and lets him know that we're not done. And, um, you know, the TV of, TV coverage of this was really pretty good. You know, a lot of close-up camera views of hands trying to do things. And there was talk on the radio of a bungee cord, or maybe there was a bungee cord, or they used to use a bungee cord. And, and I don't to... know how many laps went by here, but it seemed like an eternity. And I just can't imagine what it was like for Ryan in the car physically. I mean, they talk about these window nets and how tight they have to be, and the, you know, the the pick or the crew member that actually has to fasten it before, and you kind of have to put all their strength into it. Um, real easy to release, um, not so easy to put it back on, especially from inside the car. And it's nearly impossible. But from what we find here, it's is possible to make it look like it's up. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that's uh, that's all it really needed. I mean, NASCAR, that's what NASCAR said, too, is when they saw what they saw, they saw it was in the air, and that's all they really could do. You know, from there, they're not going to run up next to the car and look in there and see how it's secured. They just saw that it was up. So as far as they were concerned, that you know, and maybe they're giving a little bit of a pass because they realized they should, shouldn't should have called a caution to begin with, maybe. That's rough. And, I mean, there's just so much for me. Like, if it's me, I wish they just let him come down pit road, you know, acknowledge that they made a mistake here. This is a special race. They, you know, brought backup cars out when they made a mistake famously, you know, years ago when Jeff Gordon won the race. Um, I feel like they could have made some sort of an exception here just for safety purposes. Um, luckily, nothing happens here. Um, even if there was an accident or something, I, I feel like he still would have been relatively safe in the car. Um, so you never know anything could happen. I just wish they would have just brought him down, let him fasten it and come back out. Um, just because it's an all-star race. Now, if this was a regular race, I can understand the black flag coming out. Um, I don't necessarily, after the race, you know, the, uh, they, they came out, NASCAR came out and said, you know, there was really no way for us to know whether it was really fastened properly. And it's like, I don't know. We pretty much had 17 angles on TV that showed that it wasn't, but (laughs) Mm -hmm. here we are, but it is what it is. Nothing ended up happening, and uh, the the biggest thing here was you brought brought up the fact that the 11 car had fresher tires than Ryan, and now we have to set up for a green-white checker, and the 12 car has to try and win this thing for a second time in one night. Yeah, he he decides to take the low lane for the restart and uh, gets a great push, actually, from the 2 car behind him, which is, uh, you know, really nice. And uh, And the 99 did not push the 11 at all. No, he did not. Yeah, kind of gave him a chance to get out front, put out a little bit of a block on the backstretch, and um, took the white flag as the leader, and uh, no one wrecked. We still weren't. We still weren't sure. Yeah, Yeah, the the initial white flag was like, oh, we got to the white flag. This white flag, it's like, okay, we can't count on anything now. We have to wait. You have to wait. So, um, yeah, I got to the checkered without any other cautions, and and, uh, took the win, and Won the race twice. <laughs> Did you find it weird? Like, I remember being ecstatic when he took the initial checkered flag, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's like my wife had said the same thing like after he eventually won she's like you don't look like you're happy at all and i'm like i just don't understand what's just happened yeah. right now and it's just kind of the wind was taken out of the sails it took a little while to finally get back to being excited about what just happened and, and the fact that this is one of those career moments that a lot of drivers want to check off obviously he's come so close to daytona 500 you know he was competing for a championship last year so he still needs to get to those things but when it comes to a career resume the all-star race is something that everybody always points to wanting to have yeah it, it, you know the, the the interesting part was all the fallout afterward you know because you got the, you know of course the media right away is going to ask the right questions and they yep. get people they kind of get people fired up sometimes when yeah. they ask the right questions you know because denny of course finishing second is going to say well they should have done this and they should have done that and he prefaces it by saying well he deserved to win yeah but then he says, but, you know, and anytime yeah. you say, but you're, you're saying, yeah, I'm saying the right thing, but here's what I really want to say. And, um, you know, Ryan's reply to that was pretty good too. It's like, you know what? I can understand that because if it was the opposite, he'd be celebrating like crazy and wouldn't say a word about it. And I'd be the one mad. So, you know, it's just all perspective of what position you're in when it happens, but, uh, you know, definitely take it and, you know, and then have, you know, have that on the resume and on the, on the mantle at home, you know, uh, it's quite, quite a great night. And the best part is that's the type of car that you, hopefully they bring uh, this weekend to, to Charlotte for the 600. Yeah, it was, I mean, the last several weeks, obviously we've had a stretch here where Ryan hasn't finished in the top 10 and I think what, four races or so just outside the top 10, a couple of times, um, lacking speed a little bit in comparison to some of the other cars out there. Toyota dominated this last race. Um, Chevrolet has shown a lot of speed. But you had three Penske cars up here kind of battling for this win up until Hamlin kind of got in the way with his fresh retire. So maybe they found something they can use going forward. They've always been fast on intermediate tracks in the past. So um, I knew they would at some point turn this thing around. And I know Texas is still so weird. You know, they essentially messed the track up at this point. And that's just another thing we could talk about just briefly is, is the All-Star Race going to be back at Texas next year? Would you rather see it somewhere else? Should they... I mean, everyone says the facility is awesome. Maybe way too big than it needs to be these days, but maybe it's too late for that now. But um, I don't have the money, so I'm not the one paying the, the bills for, for construction. But uh, would you rather see them kind of reconfigure this track and, and tear it back up or at least put it back to where the, the corners match each other like they did before? Yeah, I don't know. Can they? I mean, repaving it do any do any good, you would think, at this point with the... Yeah, I mean, it's they, they put all that traction compound down, and now I guess they said like four layers of the, the resin substance. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like just the way that they reconfigured it in the first place, trying to make the turns different from each other, really just messed with the racing overall. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know. At least they now have more simulation. Like they've worked with uh, iRacing on, you know, the Coliseum race and what they did at Atlanta. And um, whether you like what happened at Atlanta or at all, at all that's what they were going for, so that's what they got. But maybe they can do some more simulation and try to see if there's a way that they can build a track that will produce better racing because the market is a good market. I think they could draw more people back there. Um, I just don't know. I'm concerned about this. Well, I'm not concerned as being a Blaney fan about this being in the playoff now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a race fan, you're concerned about this being one of the marquee races in the playoffs when you know the leader can't get past. Yeah, they, they've said that they were already selling tickets for next year. So I'm guessing that they, even though they haven't announced anything yet, they're already working on it or, you know, maybe they can refund everybody's money or whatever. But, yeah, short tracks would be a lot more fun with something for the, an all-star type event where, you you know, 
And I think there'll just be more energy. You're at a shorter track. The grandstands are going to be smaller, so you will pack them in. And it'll just give, like when they went to Nashville last year, I think Nashville only had a capacity of 30,000 people at that track. But you get back to Nashville, and you're like, oh, wow, those stands are full. And it's like, well, yeah, compared to other places at 100,000-plus seating, yeah, it's going to look cavernous at those places. Or Bristol, like when it's only half full, um, doesn't look that great. But I don't know. Short track would be nice. Make it feel exclusive. Make it feel intimate. Um, and just let them go at it. Don't maybe mess with the whole program too much and all these extra weird stages. And this time, what, they tried a 50-lap stage at the end instead of a 10-lap shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were hoping that that way there's some runs could be built and guys could come from the middle of the pack and back, and that just didn't materialize. But I think the big thing overall just to be excited about is the fact that Ryan comes home with a victory. Not a points-paying victory, but still a good victory that they can build on, I think. He and Jonathan Hassler and this kind of newly formulated pit crew just to try to move on from here. And I, you know, the best thing that they can do now to get past any controversy that's happened here is win another race. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's always good to have something in your back pocket that you, you know the feeling of, so that you know how to, you know, and all you got to do is duplicate it. And uh, like I said, hopefully this weekend coming up, you know, Charlotte's a nice track for that. So let's talk about that. We have the Coca-Cola 600 coming up this Sunday. It's Memorial Day weekend, May 29th. Charlotte Motor Speedway, you can catch the race at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox and PRN, Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. A little bit different. Um, so we had four stages in the All-Star Race. They actually have four stages for the Coke 600 just because it's so long. Yeah, they split up in equal stages. And um, it, uh, you know, it, it's attrition. There's there's a lot of things that happen with the, with the cars that could happen with engines, you know, and uh, with the way these, like I said, these tire set, setups are too. They set up the set up the car wrong and they're on too low a pressure and 10, 15 laps into a segment, uh, they could have a tire issue too. So it's, it's something, a lot of things you got to be careful of uh, in the long run like that. But what you really want is good, consistent lap times on long runs and hopefully not a lot of cautions, to tell you the truth, because, you know, this team runs a lot better when, when they're running out there for 30, 40, 50 laps, even gra- green flag pit stops. When they get through a good green flag cycle, a lot of times they've gained spots just on the green flag cycle. So that's all I'd really like to see. Um, and it, you know, hopefully it'll be that way. At Charlotte's a good track for that because it, there's enough room there to race each other and not not get crazy. Yeah, and one thing you just brought up um, that might be different this year in years past, like these cars have almost been bulletproof from an engine standpoint and tire standpoint. Um, you weren't seeing, you know, like the old you know World Six Hundred days where you know the guy that finished fifth is like 15 laps down and people back beyond that are all out of the race with engine failures and mechanical failures this season though with the next gen car you've seen hendrick motorsports losing engines you've seen people overheating you've seen these tire failures causing more crashes um cars are harder to handle in some cases and they're crashing that way i think i brought up in a, a week or two ago on the podcast that they'd already had more solo spins this year uh, through like 13 races than they had the entire season last year. So you just never know what's going to happen. So it's different to bring attrition back into this race where in the last several years there hasn't been as much just because they've just developed so far to where they weren't really losing engines. They weren't really crashing, crashing as much overall. So um, again, if you want to catch this race, uh, one of the big ones, the Coca-Cola 600, this Sunday, May 29th, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox uh, PRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Yeah, Sunday's a big day racing around the world. Uh, you wake up in the morning and start off with breakfast and uh, Formula One. 
uh, Monaco and then go right to the Indy 500 in the afternoon, mid-afternoon and right to the 600 at night. And that's the one of the things this year, too, with the, the Indy 500, one of Ryan's, I think he said before, favorite drivers growing up, Jimmy Johnson, competitive. <laughs> he was a threat to win the pole this year. Um, all the practice sessions and testing that they've done at Indy so far, that car's been very fast. Um, and I know people have been really looking forward to see that NASCAR crossover with Johnson over there. Hasn't run too great on the street and road courses, uh, but when it comes to this oval in Indianapolis, that car's been quick. So um, might see seven time win a, <laughs> win a Borg Warner trophy or something. So we said, uh, so I guess, so we didn't have a fantasy recap necessarily to do because we couldn't make any fantasy picks for this race. Um, if we could have, I probably would have brought Ryan out of the garage finally and then actually used him and have him, have him win a race for me here. But we will be setting up lineups going into the Coca-Cola 600. So I talked about the Penske cars being faster this week on an intermediate track, though it's you know a lot different than the way Charlotte is set up. Like you're saying, a lot more room to race, and we're not really sure what the dirty air is going to be like there. They have done some several test sessions there in, in a few different ways. Anybody that, that stands out to you, are you going to keep on like the Toyota bandwagon because they were quick, you know, at Kansas and in some other places. Are you, do you have any more stock into the Fords this week? I know you've been using Ryan about as much as you can, so yeah. he might be, you know, he's the hot hand right now. Yeah. The to the Toyotas are the, are the scary entity because of what they did at, at Kansas. Um, they, they took those cars away for a wind test and wind tunnel test and we haven't heard nothing. I don't think yet. we will. Uh, we won't hear it. The team, yeah. the teams might hear what yeah. happened from that. Hopefully something, was learned and maybe shared because whatever it was, uh, they really had it going on. Um, they were able to pass at Kansas a little bit easier than anybody else, and it was it was kind of crazy. And they they what six Toyotas in the top ten. So yeah, this weekend that's probably the ones to look out for. Any one of them, you know, right now are running really well. So all right, so I think that pretty much wraps it up. Congratulations to Ryan Blaney, Jonathan Hassler. Josh Williams, everybody on the 12 team, Team Penske, and uh, this fast pit crew that's been pulling off some great stops so far the last couple of races on their victory in the NASCAR All-Star Race at Texas Motor Speedway. Thank you, everyone, once again for tuning in to the Team Blaney Podcast. If this was your first time listening to the podcast, just go back to our very first episode. You can learn more about how Steve and I became fans of the Blaney Racing family. If you want to interact with us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Team Blaney, on Facebook at Team Blaney, and on Instagram at Team.Blaney. And finally, we want to remind you to check out the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization that's championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. You can find them on RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or on all of their very active social media channels. But for now, I'm Adam Rogers. That's Steve Mez. We'll catch you next time here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin.